bless you. God bless you, church. You can be seated in the presence of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Will you allow me this morning to go on a rabbit trail? Hmm? Is it okay if we deviate a little? Um, you know, prayer is a, prayer is a powerful uh, season that we walk in. Prayer is a powerful thing that we have, an in, in opportunity to communicate with the Lord. And while we were in prayer this morning, I was sensing like the Lord was moving us in a different direction. So we'll, we'll put our core values on hold for now. And I would invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, where we'll be reading from this morning. Heavenly Father, I come before you and acknowledging my need of your help this morning, Father. Lord, I don't know what all is in your heart, but Father, I believe that you've given a foretaste of what you desire to deliver and to impart to us this morning. So Father, as I open myself before you, O oh God, as I open myself to you, I pray that you would find a vessel that's fit to be used, a, a vessel that is fit to be used as a mouthpiece of the, the oracles that are in your heart for us this morning. I commit myself to you this morning, O oh God, and I pray that whatever you speak, O oh God, would fall on hearts that are ready to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there are many times that we, that we pray or that we're trusting God for something, especially when it comes to, the, to, the, to praying for individuals. We're praying for a, a person to get saved. We're praying for a person to, to walk in the fullness of God that's, that's available to them. We're praying for, uh, you know, a, a community. We've, we've been praying for long for the community here within the city. We've been praying for our city. It's been prophesied over us that God is going to use us as a congregation to win this city for Jesus Christ, our Lord and King. But there's, there's times when Although we pray, there's times that we need to shift our prayers in a very specific direction in order for those prayers to, to, to connect with what God is really wanting to do. Of course, God wants for hearts to be saved. God wants souls to be one for the kingdom of God. But there's times that we're praying, God, save this person. God, save this person. God, bring a healing. God, touch that life. But there's, there's something specific that God is wanting to do in the life of that individual beyond only salvation. You know, sometimes in our religious mindset, we get so focused on salvation and we... we we come to uh, an understanding or we begin thinking that salvation is the climax of Christian life. That when somebody gets saved, that's the best that, we can, that, they, can, uh, that they can accomplish. Or that's, the, that's the, you know, the, the top of the mountain that they can be walking on. But I want to tell you, when we walk with a kingdom mindset, when we walk with an understanding of the kingdom of God, salvation is only day one. Salvation is only getting started. But even before salvation, even before understanding the kingdom, even before walking in our assignment, sometimes, sometimes there's areas in our lives that are dead. 
There's areas that have, that have gone fallow. That have gone fallow. You know the farmers, when they're, when they're planting, one year they plant corn, the next year they plant you know, beans, but then maybe, maybe one year they leave, they leave the ground with nothing planted. That's called being fallow. And there's nothing being planted in that ground. It, but it's, but it's, left to, it's left to, you know, wait to be useful again. In that season, that one season of, of nothing going on, that ground is, 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 is bearing no fruit. And there's times in our lives, there's times in our lives where maybe not all of us, but maybe there's a portion of you, a portion of me that's not bearing fruit. And God says, I want to touch that area. I want to touch that part of your life. And I believe that's the heart of God this morning. So would, can we stand together as we read from Ezekiel chapter 37? Ezekiel chapter 37. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. We've read this and we've preached in these verses many, many times. You've heard so many messages uh, in these verses. Uh, today I simply want to be faithful to where I believe God is taking us this morning. Ezekiel chapter 37, and let's read from verses 1 up through 14. It says this, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord. And set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. Then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. And he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. I will cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, Ezekiel said, as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a? There was a noise as I prophesied. And suddenly, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, and the skin covered them over. And, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the, to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they, might, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breathe, breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 11, and he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry. Our hope is lost, but we ourselves are cut off. 
Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you to the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you. Say it together. I will put my, my spirit in you and you shall live and I will make place and I will make and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Here we find Ezekiel being taken in the spirit to this valley of dry bones. Now imagine, imagine this valley of dry bones. Most of you have been to our house. Last, I wish my wife was here to confirm, last October, somewhere there, we saw a news article coming across the TV saying that there were some bones that were found out in the woods in Woodburn. And so we looked on the map where they found these bones and imagine it was right around the corner from our house. Was it October? Something like that. Somewhere around that time, last fall. Bones were found. Human remains were found. Hey, they, they had estimated that those bones had been there for six months. And I told my wife, imagine... One night, we're sitting in the house, eating popcorn probably, and somewhere in those woods, somebody's doing something. We don't, we don't know what happened. We don't know. Now, as of now, they've found, they've identified who those, who those bones belong to, but we don't know the full story of really what happened. But there were bones out in those woods, dry bones. And I, I imagine... When you, see, when you see bones, I've never, you know, you, we see the skeletons and we, we see things like that. But to, but to actually see human bones that the flesh has rotted away. The organs have gone wherever those organs go. I don't know. But now it's only bones remaining. Lifeless. Dry. No, no. You can't even imagine that those bones are ever going to do anything again. Dry. And it, it says, as Ezekiel was taken in the spirit, it says that the, the valley was full of very many, very many bones. Full of those bones. Dry bones. And God asked Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? I ask, I ask myself the question, those bones that they found out in the woods, can those bones live again? I want to I laugh. You know, it's almost, it's almost comical to think that those bones are ever going to live again. They're, they've been, they've been, there's been no life around those bones for months. With Ezekiel's situation, maybe it was even longer than months, the way that he describes of what he saw. No life, but God asks Ezekiel, 
can these bones live? And Ezekiel answers in a very wise way. He says, Lord, you know. You know. Because Ezekiel knew that with God, things are possible that are impossible with man. Ezekiel had seen the way that God orchestrated and the way that God changed hearts and the way that God changed lives. And Ezekiel has seen there's, there's something inside this God. There's something that he's capable of that I've never seen before. And he said, Lord, you know. Lord, you know. And then, and then God did something very interesting with Ezekiel. He did something very interesting, and, and Ezekiel acknowledged that the power was in God, and that if God would have desired, God could have spoken the words, and those bones would have come together immediately and began walking. But God said, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to, I'm going to do it in a different way. And, 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 and Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy. I want you to prophesy, Ezekiel. Now imagine me. Imagine I go out in those woods after I find the news report. The police are there. We had police driving down our roads. We had, they, they even brought the FBI. The FBI was in our neighborhood. You know, imagine me now going out. I'm bypassing the police. I'm bypassing the FBI. And I'm going to those bones. And I'm saying, I'm prophesying to you, dead bones, you're going to live. Those police would take me in, huh? <laughs> this guy's crazy. What's he thinking? But God says, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy. I want you to do something that in your own thinking, it looks impossible. I want you, Ezekiel, I want you to take a stand, take a step of faith and believe what I'm telling you. Because I, I, I see something that you don't see, Ezekiel. I, I know that there's potential inside those bones that you don't see. And so I want you to be the one, open your mouth and declare whatever it is that I'm putting in your mouth. And God told him exactly how to prophesy, exactly what to say. You dry bones, you're going to live. You dry bones, you're going to live. Ezekiel took that step of faith and he, 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 he allowed to be himself to be used as a vessel to accomplish whatever it was that God wanted to accomplish. And in that situation, that looked hopeless. And as Ezekiel started prophesying, he heard a noise. He heard a, he heard a noise. He heard a noise. Sometimes in our Pentecostal churches, people, people, you know, they, we get reports and things like that of people that call us noisy and they call us loud. Just tell them it's biblical. People say, oh, you're one of those. Hmm? Oh, you're one of those charismatics. Oh, oh, no, just tell them it's biblical. When Ezekiel started praying, when Ezekiel started prophesying, there was some noise that came. When we start prophesying, there should be some noise in the spiritual realm. There should be something that begins to, that you begin to, that you begin to sense there's, there's something going on, something shaking, something's rattling together. Ezekiel saw those bones start to rattle together. Imagine... Can you put yourself there this morning? Imagine all that you can see for as far as you can see is nothing but these dry bones. It's not just one, you know, body that was, that, that they found somewhere in the woods, but it's a valley full of these dry bones. And that's all that you can see. And God tells you, I want to use you. 
God tells you, can you see what I see? God tells you, can you believe what I believe? God tells you, can you just get your own thinking out of the way for a few minutes so you can put on my thinking? I want to use you. I want to I I speak through you. I want you to be my mouthpiece. And you, be, you, you just trust God. And as you do so, as you do so, there's a shaking that's happening. And now these bones that you're prophesying over, they start rattling. What would you do if you were Ezekiel? Hey, all these bones, they start rattling, shaking together, coming together. Bone meets bone. Bone meets bone. Exactly how it's supposed to be. There's how many bones in our body? A hundred and? Two hundred and six. Two hundred and six bones. Hmm? And all these bones start coming together and meeting exactly where they're supposed to. The toe didn't come on the, on the finger. You know, everything it went right where it was supposed to be. There's this rattling coming together. Woo! Put yourself in Ezekiel's shoes. What are you thinking? What are you seeing? <laughs> Imagine. But then he goes on, he goes on, and he begins to, as, as he continues to prophesy, verse number nine says, God said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of, because there was no breath in the bones. There was no breath in the bones. So verse nine, God says, prophesy to the breath, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they might live. And so I I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived. They stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. So now all of these bones have come together. You know, the marrow, the the joints, they came together. Even skin is beginning to to come across over these bones. It doesn't talk about the organs, but the, the, the organs have to have also been there. These bones are coming together. The flesh is there. But there was no breath. There was no breath. When somebody stops breathing, we declare them dead. Their heart stops. There's no more breath. We call them dead. So even though these bones, these dry bones, there was flesh that was wrapped around them, we know that the organs had to have been there. They were still dead. So God tells Ezekiel again, now prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. Do you know, let me not go there yet. Let's continue. And then after, after all of that, that's when God begins to reveal. And God begins to, to reveal the whole plan. In verse number 10, when it says that, that these, they, they lived and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, verse 11, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. 
Therefore, therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I'm the Lord and that I've opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I'll put my spirit in you and you shall live and I'll place you in your own land. Then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. So what we, what we find in the heart of God is that God is wanting to bring revival. He's wanting to bring life once again to that which was dead. But it's not only, it's not only good enough for it to look good enough on the outside. How many of you have seen somebody laying very still? And then you look at them closely and you, you look at the stomach to see, is that stomach moving? Have you been there? You, you wonder, that person is almost too still to be alive. So you watch the stomach or you watch, you watch the, you know, the, the, is there any movement going on? Yeah, I've been there. When we, were, when we were younger and we were wrestling with our friends and then all of a sudden the guy's just laying there. Hey, did I kill this guy? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and so you don't say anything. You don't want to do anything, but you just watch. Is he still breathing? He said, oh, now that you see the stomach moving, now you think everything's okay. But so for, for God, it wasn't, it wasn't just good enough for these to look like a body. It wasn't just good enough for these to look like a, like a person. But God said, now there has to be breath. The Greek word for spirit is, is what? The Greek word, pneuma is one. Ruach. Ruach. I think actually ruach is, is, is Hebrew, and then pneuma is, is the Greek, if I remember correctly. Confirm that one. Um, but God, but the, the, the word that's used for spirit, the ruach, the, 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 the same word that's used for spirit gives the context or gives the connotation of breath. Pneuma on the Greek in the New Testament now, when pneuma is used, we have, if you, if you go to, to some of these uh, factories or, 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 you know, manufacturing plants, they're using pneumatic, pneumatic tools. Pneuma, air is going through. So when we, when we read about the Holy Spirit in, in Scripture, we're reading about a breath that's being sent. When it comes to these dry bones, God said it's not good enough just for them to look good on the outside. It's not, it's not enough for me just to have them looking right on the outside, but I need to have some breath inside of them. I need to have some life inside of them. Friends, religion will allow us. Religion will allow us to look good on the outside, but knowing that inside things are dead. Religion will allow us to, to, to put on a, a, a nice face, but knowing that there's no life within us. But it's not good enough. It's not good enough when God gets involved. When God gets involved, he says, I want my spirit inside that one. I want my spirit inside that individual. And so he, he tells Ezekiel again to prophesy, call from the four winds, call for this breath to come. 
And the breath comes. And when the breath comes, that's when life is received. Spiritually speaking, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's when power enters you. Spiritually speaking, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, when that breath comes upon you, that's when, that's when life begins, kingdom living begins. That's when things come to life inside. When the pneuma, when the ruach, when the breath of God, when the Spirit of God comes and rests upon us as an individual. And when that breath comes and we begin to stand, we form a great army. We form a great army, just as we've read here. So I, 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 I believe, as I, as I shared with you in the beginning, this is, I'm, I'm trying to hear from the Lord as we're, as we're continuing on. I'm trying to hear from heaven as we go. But I believe what's in the heart of God is two things. Is two things. Number one, as you, as you allow God to look in your own life, are there areas that are still dead? Are there areas where there's no life? Where, where there's no... There's, it's, it's just... It's just there. It's just, it's just, you know, coping with life. It's just, it's just uh, you know, existing. But there's no life. There's no, there's no joy. There's no fruit that's coming from that life. Is there something in you, in me, that's still dead? Because if I want to be part of an army, but I don't have anything inside of me, I'm not going to be able to contribute much. The same way, the second, the second thing that I believe that, that we should be touching on this morning is the way that God used Ezekiel. God used Ezekiel to prophesy to those dry bones. God could have snapped his fingers and it would have been done. God could have breathed his breath, the way that he breathed the stars into existence, and it would have been done, but he used Ezekiel. And there's times, my friends, that God's going to put a burden inside of your heart. There's times that God's going to put that, that heaviness inside of you for somebody else or for a situation or for a circumstance. And we're praying and we're saying, God, can you work in this? God, can you move in this, in this behalf? God, can you, can you do something here? And he's saying, son of man, do you, do you believe that I can do it? And we tell God, of course, God, I believe you. Then he says, okay, prophesy. And that's where we get a little bit, hey, I'm not sure about that. Me, prophesy? Can I, can I, can I, do I really have that ability? Do I really have that authority? But we see the way that God works. We see the way that God instructed Ezekiel, you're the one. Prophesy to those dry bones. Scripture teaches us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. When you speak, power follows. Especially if you're born again and you're walking in the kingdom of God. You know who you are as a citizen of the kingdom. Especially when you say something, power flows. Power comes along with you with whatever words you're speaking. And so God, God tells Ezekiel, I'm sharing my heart with you. Here's what I want you to say, Ezekiel. 
Now prophesy. Now speak to those bones. It looks funny. It looks funny. Sometimes when God asks us to do something, it looks funny. I have a friend who, I think I shared this with you, but I have a friend who just recently, her brother passed away. And she, she was trusting God. He was young. He was too young. But she was trusting God that his body wasn't going to go in the grave, that, he, that God was going to revive him. She was trusting God for that. There was, there was faith that was inside that lady. And as, as we hear, that's the way that God, what I'm saying is this, that's the way that God uses us. That's the way that God desires to, 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 to fulfill what's inside his heart. He works through you and he works through me. That burden that God puts on you, that burden that God gives to us to carry, he doesn't only put that burden on you to get you on your knees in prayer. That's part of it. But another, another, another reason that he gives you that burden is to use you to bring some change in that situation. Because he knows what you have. He knows what he put in you. He put dominion inside of you. He put authority in you. In Matthew 28, what we normally call the Great Commission, he says, all authority has been given to me, and because of that, I'm sending you. He knows what he put in you. He knows, what, what, he knows the potential that's, that, that lives inside of you and lives inside of me. And so he puts that burden deep within our hearts, that so-and-so or that, or that situation or that circumstance or whatever it might be, that it needs the hand of God, it needs the breath of God, it needs the Spirit of God to be made active and alive inside of it. And he asks you, will you, will you prophesy to that situation? Will you speak life into that situation? Will you speak words that are going to bring lasting change? You see how God uses us. See how God puts, puts his heart inside of us. And he says, I want you to speak. I want you to speak. I want you to speak. I want you to speak into that situation. That even though you don't know what the, what the outcome is going to be, I want you to prophesy. And God is faithful to share his heart with us. He's faithful to, to put inside of you what his thoughts are. Scripture teaches us that you and I, we can put on the mind of Christ. He shares his heart with us. He shares his desires. And when he shares his heart with you, when he shares that burden that God's carrying, when he shares with you, this is what I, this is what I see for that situation. This is what I see coming I know that person is sick and in the hospital, but here's, here's my perspective, God tells you. Here's what I see. And he shares those things with you, and, he, and he, 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 then he trusts you to do something with it, to prophesy, to make some noise with that which he puts in you. And so as God shares with you, I know that person is in the hospital bed, but, but God says in my, in my mind, in my heart, I want to bring healing. 
So that's when you and I become activated, the same way that Ezekiel was activated in this situation. That's when you and I say, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in what you've you know, put inside of me, or I'm going to walk in what you've revealed to me. And so we begin prophesying over that body that's in the hospital room. You're going to live. You're not going to die. You're going to live. That's when we begin prophesying over the relationship issues, that those relationship issues are going to be restored in the name of Jesus, because that's what God shared with me. That's the, that's the heart of God that he put inside of me. You've been praying for that individual's salvation, and God says, keep on praying, and you start, you start prophesying, you're going you're gonna to get saved, you're going to come into a relationship with the Lord. It's not something, this, 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 the way that Ezekiel was prophesying to those dry bones, it wasn't just speaking things that Ezekiel thought would be nice to have happened. No, these were, what Ezekiel spoke was something that God had already put inside of him. That God said, this is what I want to happen. This is what I see. This is what I want to become a reality. Kabui taught us the other day, that there's a difference between truth and facts. Truth and facts. You'll ask him to describe it, but let me do my best to, to relay what he put in his heart. Get ready to preach that message, okay? Get ready to preach that message. But what he said, he said, there's times that our facts look a certain way. The fact of the matter is I don't have any money in my in my bank account. The fact of the matter is, I have this, this illness that's trying to attach itself to me. The fact of the matter is, I'm having this problem. The fact of the matter is, my car broke down. The fact of the matter is, whatever. But then he said, that's your fact, but there's something else that's a truth. The truth is, that even though I don't have money in my pocket, I serve a God whose name is the provider. The, the fact says that even though I have this illness that's trying to attach itself to me, that's the fact. The truth is I serve a God whose name is healer. Even though my fact is that I've got these, I've got this, you know, unrest in my life and I've got these relationship problems, that's the fact. The truth is I serve a God whose name is Shalom. That's the truth. You see the difference? And, and, and what we do and what God exampled here through Ezekiel is that there's times that God says, I know that this is the situation. I know that this is the facts. I know that this is what's going on. But in my heart, God says, in my heart, I know that there's something else that I want to be the truth. I know that there's another element that I'm going to make reality. And he looks for us, he looks for you and I to stand in the gap. The way that Ezekiel stood in the gap in what God was showing him between those dead bones and the army of Israel. Ezekiel stood in the gap. And all that he had to do to stand in the gap was to believe what God said and to prophesy it. That's all he had to do. Believe what God said and to speak it into existence. What has God shown you? What has God shown you that he wants to do? That thing that you've been praying for for months and weeks and maybe even years, 
What has God shown you that he wants to do in that situation? Because if you've been praying for that long, I know the God that I serve, and I also know the God that you serve. And his, characteristically, if you've been praying for that long, he's put something in you. He's shown you something, a glimpse of what he wants to do. What is it? And when he shows us those things so many times, we say, God, I believe that's what you want to do. God, I believe that that's where, that's where you want to take me. God, I believe that that's what you want to do in this situation. And we leave it at that. But he told Ezekiel, take it a step farther and start prophesying. Start prophesying. Paul tells us, I wish that everybody would prophesy. We hear, we hear words like these and we say, well, I'm not a prophet, so I can't prophesy. No. Paul said, I wish that everybody would prophesy. Ezekiel, Ezekiel teaches us how. And I want us, I want us to, to walk in this. Can we, can we just take a few minutes and prophesy this morning? Is it okay? Because there's, there's things that God is wanting to do but he says, as I, as I look at that situation, you're the one who I've given dominion to. You're the one who I've given authority to. You're asking me, God, do this. God, do this. God, do this. God, God bring life into, into these dry bones. And he's saying, that's my heart. That's my desire. That's what I want to do. But it's in your tongue where life and death resides. It's in your tongue where the power of life rests. So if I have power inside of me, and hear me, church, hear me. If I have power inside of me, power that will activate the will of God. Did you hear me? Power inside of me that activates the will of God. I better walk in that power. Ezekiel had something inside of him that activated the heart of God for those, for those dry bones. It was believing. It was trusting God. Some, sometimes we get, we get, you know, hyped up and we get carried away and we, 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 we you know, there, there's, there's, Oh, what do I want to say? There's, there's this mindset or even this doctrine out there that, that you can name it and claim it. That whatever you think is a good idea, you can just speak that thing and then it becomes your... That's not what God's talking about. What God has done here is he's put his heart, his desires inside of Ezekiel. And he said, now open your lips and agree with me. Open your lips and agree... Would God have had, would it be necessary for God to work through Ezekiel? Was it necessary? Could God have done it on his own? Sure. Sure. He's God. But he put something in you. And he said, I also want you to be active in what I've put in you. And when Ezekiel began prophesying to those bones, it activated the will of God. 
The will of God was for those bones to live. The will of God was for the breath of God to be dispatched and dispensed into those bodies. But it didn't happen until Ezekiel prophesied. I wonder, I wonder, are we still together? I wonder, is there a situation that God, God's heart is bleeding for a change in that situation? God's heart says, I want change. I want something different here. But he's waiting <laughs> until you and I start prophesying into that circumstance. Until you and I get, get a grip of what is in the heart of God for that situation. Until you and I take some ownership of that and we get into the harness with God. We get into the yoke with God. Because we're his ambassadors. He's chosen us. He's given us authority. He's given us dominion. He shares his heart with us. So when we get into the yoke with him, it activates his will. It activates what's in his heart to become reality. What's the thing that you've been praying for? What's the thing that you've been praying for for I don't know how long? Maybe it's just something you started praying for yesterday. But as you've prayed, God shared with you a little bit of his heart. God's shown you a little bit of what he wants to do in that situation. He's given you just a glimpse of what he wants to do. I want us to take 10, 15 minutes and agree with God for whatever he's saying. Can we do that? Just agree with God. Whatever, whatever it looks like. Whatever, whatever the circumstance, maybe it's something big to you. Maybe it's something that really, you know, you could, it would be okay even if you never saw something change. It really doesn't bother you. But God's shown you, I have something greater. I have something better. Maybe it's something that you yourself, you need to change this. And God's shown you this area of your own life that needs to change. Speak to that area. Speak to that stubbornness. Speak to that anger issue. Speak to that, whatever it is. Talk to it. Stubbornness, today's your last day residing inside of me. Because I know it's not the heart of God for stubbornness to be inside of me. Anger, you're not allowed here any longer. I know that I've opened the door at one point for anger to reside inside of me, but I'm speaking to you today, anger. I'm prophesying that today's your last day. Oh, you relationship that's broken, you relationship that needs healed, you I'm speaking to you relationship today, and I'm declaring that today you're going to be healed in the name of Jesus. Why? How do I have the authority to say that? Because it's in the heart of God. Your friend that's in the hospital now, your friend that's been on medication for all of their life, speak to that. If God's put it inside of you that he wants to do something different, speak to it, prophesy to it, open up your mouth. Inside of that mouth of yours, at, at, at your tongue, is the power of life and death. Speak to it. Can we do that? 
Let's just stand wherever you are. I'm going to go to the piano and just I'll just I'll just minister there. Don't put don't put music on. I'll just minister at the piano. But let's let's fill this house. If you need to walk, maybe what you're prophesying over is something that's private. You don't want you don't want somebody next to you to to hear what you're praying for. That's okay. We're in a big room. Go somewhere where nobody else is and prophesy. Don't let anything hinder you. Don't let anything hinder you this morning. Whatever it is that you're trusting God for, just start speaking to it. Open up your mouth and prophesy to that situation. Open up your mouth. Believe whatever it is that God has spoken to you. Believe whatever it is that God has shown to you. Believe whatever it is that God has, 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 has imparted something deep inside of you that you know what you're experiencing as fact is not the truth of God. Start speaking to it now. Start speaking to it. Let's just open our mouths. Just open your mouth and start speaking into that situation, speaking into that circumstance, and tell it what God has to say. Amen? Let's open our mouth, church.